This is Cruise Radio. If this whole thing we're going through right now has taught us anything, it is to always have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of MSC Maravilla today from Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News, a Sherry overload today, and I like it. So we'll jump right to Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. MSC Cruises has officially returned to cruising, and so far, so good, unless you're one family, but we'll get to that in just a couple of moments. Right. So then last Sunday, MSC Grandiosa departed from Italy on the first cruise by a major cruise line since the pandemic began. Only Europeans were allowed to book a reservation and sail, and it was the perfect time for a social media event to occur, and that included several FaceTime live streams as the ship pulled away from the shore and everybody was all excited to see the first ship set sail. So MSC Cruises developed their own set of onboard health protocols as well as what to do when going ashore. So onboard, passengers would be tested and have their temperatures taken at embarkation. And when going ashore, the only way to leave the ship is with the ship's own shore excursions. No wandering off on your own would be allowed in port. Face masks would need to be worn whenever it was not possible to maintain social distance. Just shortly after MSC Grandiosa set out, it was revealed that the CEO of MSC Cruises was on board. And what you were talking about, Doug, this just came in two passengers who deviated from the ship's sequestered shore excursion in Naples, were not allowed to reboard the ship. So they're sticking to it. And then on August 29th, MSC Magnifica is scheduled to depart from Italy on its first cruise in five months. I do think that MSC is doing the right thing, and it seems to be about 95% of the people that are commenting and emailing in on this story are agreeing with MSC, and then you have the 5% saying, if I can't go out on my own, I'm not going to cruise. I know we've talked about this um, in the past, about the cruise lines kind of controlling your onshore experience, but if you think about it, those two people single-handedly could shut down the cruise industry again. Yeah, for sure. And it's just selfishness. 100%. And speaking of COVID and the cruise industry being shut down, all eyes were on Princess Cruises earlier this year. At first, it was Diamond Princess and then Ruby Princess in Australia. But recently, Princess was cleared in this big COVID debacle. Yeah. So according to an article in Cruise Critic, Australia has, for the most part, cleared Princess Cruises in their handling of the outbreak aboard Ruby Princess in March. The report cited that the New South Wales Health Department made several serious mistakes, including how they handled COVID-19 testing and isolating cruise passengers who were sick. Of the 2,700 passengers who disembarked in Sydney, 100 of them were symptomatic, and in total, 875 infected passengers and crew were allowed to leave the ship and head home. The report acknowledged that the officers and medical staff aboard Ruby Princess honestly answered all questions throughout the investigation. However, the entire situation and how it unfolded is complicated. So while the Australian report held Princess Cruises and Carnival Australia accountable for some of the issues, the investigation is still in progress. 
it's definitely a step in the right direction. And one cruise brand was, or maybe a couple, was compromised by hackers. Right. So on August 15th, Carnival Corporation's IT systems for one of its cruise lines, or one or more of its cruise lines, was the victim of a ransomware attack. And as a result, personal information from guests and Carnival employees may be at risk. It hasn't been confirmed which cruise line in the Carnival Corporation family was hit by ransomware, but speculation points at possibly P&O or Cunard or both. This all came to public light two days after the cyber attack when, on August 17th, Carnival Corporation was required to file a form with the Securities and Exchange Commission to notify investors that a major event had occurred. So Carnival Corporation is bracing for lawsuits. According to a statement statement from Carnival, we expect that the security event included unauthorized access to personal data of guests and employees, which may result in potential claims. And the investigation for this hacking is ongoing. And one Caribbean island tells the cruise industry not so fast. Seeing as how Grand Cayman has not had one COVID-19 case since July 13th, the popular Western Caribbean cruise port will remain closed to cruise ships. The cruise port's shutdown began back in mid-March and has no end in sight. In addition, the island's two international airports have been closed to all international travel flights since May 7th and will remain closed until at least August 31st. So they are... They are hunkering down and just keeping it to themselves. And it's working, apparently. And our last talking point here is Carnival Corporation gave a financial update. I got to tell you, Sherry, you got to hand it to these cruise lines. They are putting up everything, including the slot machines for collateral for these loans. This is amazing. Last week, Carnival Corporation provided their financial update to its shareholders And as of July 31st, the company claimed to have $7.9 billion available. Carnival Corporation recently revealed that it cost them nearly $650 million a month to operate the company during the suspension in service. But that number is down from the original $1 billion of operating costs when the company first suspended global operations. Currently, the plan is for Costa Cruises to begin sailing limited itineraries beginning in September, and German brand Aida Cruises has received final approval from Italy to sail because that's where the headquarters is. And the first sailings from Cal, Germany will start on September 6th, followed by sailings from Hamburg on September 12th. Currently, all ships in North America still remain under a no-sale order from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention until September 30th of 2020. But as we know, some ships have taken it on their own to extend that until mid-December. Listener question comes from Barbara today. You can email your question to Doug at cruiseradio.net. We are in the early planning stages of our 2022 summer cruise. We are older and do not like crowds and crazy traffic. We have heard you speak about Port Canaveral, and it seems comfortable. Are there any itinerary restrictions from cruising from Port Canaveral? We're wondering if we should just bite the bullet and head to Fort Lauderdale because it's just far enough away from Miami or stick to Port Canaveral. Well, hi, Barb, and I appreciate any Port Canaveral question. It's, you know, close to home, or was. But um, 
even though Port Canaveral requires an hour's drive from Orlando, it's still a really convenient port. But, you know, you your question is, is spot on because there are itinerary restrictions when you do leave out of Port Canaveral. The standard seven-night departures are limited mainly to just reaching the Western Caribbean ports. Um, looking, I, I did some scouting around, and up uh, in 2022, Disney does have a handful of seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruises that depart from Port Canaveral. But to get there, it's going to be two full sea days, and then you get to Tortola and St. Thomas, and then right away it turns around back to the Bahamas and Castaway Key. But... Um, you know, if you wanted, if if the Western Caribbean ports, if you've been there and done that and don't really want to go back, you're probably going to have to drive down to Fort Lauderdale. It's another two and a half hour drive from the exit on, well, from 95 and the exit for Port Canaveral down to Fort Lauderdale. Um, you can find, you know, there there are a couple of really long sailings out of Port Canaveral in 2022. I just found Cunard's Queen Victoria is going to make a port call, and you can board there. Uh, and then it's going to continue south through the Panama Canal and eventually end up in Sydney, Australia. But if that's not what you're looking for or your cup of tea, uh, you, you're really limited from Port Canaveral to the Western Caribbean ports. Um, and some go as far as Costa Maya, Mexico, and Cozumel, but mainly it's, it's the usual suspects. If Grand Cayman opens, there's Grand Cayman the two or three ports in Jamaica, then you have your two Mexico ports, and, you know, maybe Labadee in Haiti, um, but that's about as far east as it'll go. So is two and a half hours worth it? It's up to you. But either way, have fun. I see what you did there. Cup of tea, Cunard, British cruise. I know. I was trying to avoid that, but Uh, the back of my brain just pushed it forward. (laughs) We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. If you've ever been on the information superhighway and have looked for a cruise ship video, chances are you've seen my next guest. Sherry from Cruise Tips TV joins us today to talk about her cruise last year on MSC Maravilla. I thought this would be a good time to talk about MSC and their med cruises, considering they're the only major cruise line sailing right now. So uh, Sherry was invited to check out the Yacht Club on board MSC on the Maravilla in the Med. Of course, Maravilla, the sister ship to the Grandiosa, which is currently sailing out of Genoa right now. Sherry joins us on the line. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. 
So uh, I'm excited to talk and get your views of MSC Meravia. I hope I said that correctly because I sailed it last fall and uh, you sailed it recently as well. So I'm just curious, um, you know, kind of get your thoughts. You also stayed in the yacht club on board the ship, which I was nowhere near the yacht club. I think I was in steerage. So um, <laughs> I'm curious to get your thoughts on the yacht club as well. But uh, as we always do, before we actually get to the Maravilla itself, we'll take a step back. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise in the Med on MSC Maravilla? Our son is finally old enough to handle Europe. I think that was the main factor in this one. Um, At the time, he was 10 going on 11. And we thought, okay, you know, he can do Europe. He can do those long port days. It doesn't have to be all about the beaches. And this was just a really good way to get in a lot of the med in a short time. And we'd been super curious about the Yacht Club. And it's time to make your way towards MSC Maravilla. So you're out in California. You have to go to Rome. What are you, near LAX? Yeah, we're actually out of LAX. I guess we could have done, there were an occasional straight shot Mm -hmm. from LAX to Rome, but they're pretty rare. So I think on the way over, we did LAX through, I want to say either New Jersey or New York City. I think it was actually New Jersey. And Mm -hmm. then we hopped over to Rome with a really short, like two hour layover. And then on the way back, we went through London Heathrow, which was a hot mess, but we won't (laughs) talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. So you did you do any pre-cruise time then? Because that's a haul flying from L.A. to Rome. We didn't. We were kind of in a red-eye situation. So we got into Rome really extremely early in the morning. And we had a you know a good eight hours or so before the ship departed. So we ended, <laughs> we ended up doing straight from the airport to the cruise port and couldn't really even get into the port yet. It was so early in the morning mm-hmm. that they were basically still getting people off the ship. So we kind of just hung around there with our with our sleepy eyes for a few hours before they let us on. Yeah, that's the worst, right? Like you land, it's normally in the morning. If you're going to a hotel, you can't check in until two. You can't start checking in at the cruise terminal until 10 so you have all these hours to burn you're jet lagged and tired but it doesn't matter because you're there how was embarkation it was awesome um they have a little waiting area in the chivita terminal where the yacht club peeps can hang out for a little bit the whole terminal is really open open and beautiful though it's not like it's that different but they have some food and some drinks and things like that and then as soon as possible they have someone come down and kind of escort you into the yacht club so it could be um the butler that's going to hang out with you for the week, or it could be a different one. And basically they just kind of whisk you right through security. They take all of your bags and embarkation was really, really smooth. Probably by the time that they came and got us, maybe five minutes until we were from the, uh, the terminal to the ship. So I want to back up. You said they came and got you. So do you have your own gangway because you're in the yacht club? Yeah, yeah, they do. They escort you into to your own gangway. You have private elevators at the front of the ship that take you straight up to the yacht club complex. And they just kind of, they run you through security really quickly. It's crazy cool. So do you have first impressions of the ship going that way? It's funny because when I was looking at the list of questions, I was thinking, what was my first impression? My first impression was we went straight up to the yacht club. So of course you see it from the outside and it's a, it's a gorgeous ship. It's really beautifully designed. Um, but you don't really see much of the ship if you're escorted on, you, you kind of just go straight into the yacht club complex. So from an external perspective, absolutely gorgeous, very grand, clean, beautiful, modern ship. But then it was straight in and we explored, (laughs) kind of explored the ship on our own a little bit later. What were your first impressions of the Yacht Club? 
It was beautiful. And the staff was so warm. I think the first thing that surprised us was that it's very unpretentious. Um, you know, when you think yacht club, I was thinking snooty. I was thinking, you know, what am I going to need to be worried about what I wear during the day? And it turns out it's actually a very casual environment. People are in jeans pretty much all the time, you know, whether it's a port day or, um, you know, just kind of walking around grabbing breakfast, you see jeans, you see shorts. And of course, when you walk in, you're greeted with like, um, you know, tray of drinks. I think they had, they had some virgin drinks and they had Aperol spritz because hello, Italy, amazing. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're greeted with a drink right away. And basically your, um, your butler and the concierge kind of sit you down in the yacht club, the lounge, like the top cell lounge area. And they just orient you on what to expect for the week, what time your dining is going to happen, which is kind of open seating anyway. And then they ultimately show you to your, your cabin. And you can just roam around, grab snacks, order drinks at the bar, meet people. It's a really relaxed um, and um, welcoming way to get the cruise underway. So when I sailed MSC Maravilla, I did it on an $89 rate inside cabin, super low on the ship. So I, this is really fascinating to me because, full disclosure, the Yacht Club door didn't latch. And I did sneak uh -oh. in a couple of times and enjoy the the lounge up there that no one knew about. <laughs> you, you know, you kind of act like you belong, right? Like, oh, hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, <laughs> so that was fun. But let's talk about your stateroom. Um, what was the stateroom up there? Because that's like pretty high up on the ship, right? Yeah, it's all the way forward on the ship. And I think our stateroom is on deck 14. It was mm -hmm. 14019. And I they have a special name. They call them deluxe suites, but really what they are, this particular category is a balcony. So it's a little bit bigger than a regular balcony, but it's not really a traditional, a full traditional suite. And they have suites in the yacht club area. So we'll just call it, basically we'll just call it the balcony okay. category. Um, they also have inside staterooms as well. If you want to um, save some money, you can get incredible deals on those too. But anyway, ours was a balcony had a fold-out sofa for our son. It had a very, very large kind of walk-in shower. No bathtub, which is one thing I kind of missed. I would have loved to have had a tub. I think mm -hmm. that's really nice when you have, like, those really long port days. But um, the best part, honestly, was it had a, a Nespresso machine where you you, know, you uh -huh. put the little Nes Nespresso pods in in there. Okay. And we were just – we were living on that coffee the whole week. It was It was wonderful. Gorgeous, beautiful balcony, great view. Perfect. How did the butler come into play throughout all of this? It's really interesting because your butler is also your stateroom steward, um, but they do have help. So they have like an assistant. Your butler does way, way more than it seems humanly possible. Um, they check on you. They offer to unpack your clothing in the room if you want them to, which we were not comfortable with. We're like, look, it's day one. You're not unpacking my clothes. You have enough to do. Go, you know, go tend to other people. We just couldn't do it. Um, but they will, um, they escort you on and off the ship, even on port days. They're willing to do that. And sometimes if they hear you chatting about what you're doing on shore, they'll just start walking you off the ship wow. and kind of whisk you through all of the lines. There's so many different things that they do. Um, they, they carry your drinks and your snacks for you from wherever you're, okay. you know, the bar to wherever you're going to sit. They serve you afternoon tea in the lounge. And they don't really let you lift a finger. Um, at least on this particular voyage, we had a really high level of service. I've mm -hmm. heard 
that on some other voyages, some other ships, they're spread a little bit more thin. So you may not see them as much. There's a lot of variety with how much you see your butler. But ours wouldn't even let us carry a tuna salad sandwich from the top sail lounge to our room. They would appear wow. with a tray. Okay. And if you and they literally carry it for you. It takes getting used to. <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool. So with dining, let's talk about the dining here. When you're in the yacht club, is the restaurant within the yacht club? Yes, it is. So there's a two, like a two level complex. You Mm -hmm. have the top sail lounge, which is a really pretty kind of lounge area with a piano and a bar and live music in it where you can just sit and chill. And then upstairs from that, so the second level, and this is all at the front of the ship, premium prime real estate kind of facing forward. The restaurant is up there and it's an exclusive restaurant. And you just basically, you have hours that you can dine for each meal. It's like a, you know, I think breakfast is like a three hour window. Lunch is like a two hour window. Dinner's like a three or four hour window. And you just walk in and they seat you and it's pretty casual breakfast and lunch shorts, fine jeans, fine dinner, unpretentious formal nights, kind of optional. Um, but yeah, you just, you come as you are and they seat you sometimes in the same table, sometimes somewhere different. That's great. Really relaxed. What do like the menus on the ship now, are you going to find North American food in there, like Western food, or is it all local to the region you're in? It's a combination of both, but on Maravilla, it is definitely more geared towards the Mediterranean market. And you are cruising with a lot of European people, also a lot of people from the UK and Australia. We found this one to be more European than Seaside. We got to have a meal or two in the Seaside Yacht Club restaurant, too. And that one is geared way more towards the North American palate, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So it was it was pretty European, pretty Mediterranean, a lot of fresh fish. Um, one thing that... <laughs> <laughs> that we kind of joked about is you saw a lot more parts of your food, you know, like your, your shrimp was served with the, with the, the tail on and the, and the, um, the head. Sometimes okay. you had to peel it yourself. Yeah. Sometimes the fish still had the skin on. And for some people, they don't, they don't like that. We've spent a lot of time in Europe and we were more accustomed to it and we liked it, but I can understand that sometimes people want more of a North American experience, but sure. The cool thing about the Yacht Club is you can ask for something if you want it, especially ask a day in advance if you want, you know, fettuccine Alfredo or a burger. But they do have some good Western food always available, too. So let's step outside of the Yacht Club and go to their buffet area. I believe it's called Marketplace on that ship. How was that experience? It was good. We didn't spend an enormous amount of time there because we were off the ship so much during the day. We really would try to do breakfast and dinner in the Yacht Club. So we had a few lunches there. The pizza is absolutely heavenly. Um, My favorite thing that they do is in the morning they have pizza with cracked and baked eggs on top, which is unbelievably good. They had a really good salad bar too. It was, you know, more of a fancy salad bar, like a lot of arugula and fancy greens and things like that. Um, we thought it was great. It wasn't particularly crowded on our sailing either. I think probably because so many people were off the ship a lot of times. Um, but for the most part, we stayed in the yacht club for most of our meals. Okay. And then any specialty restaurants outside of the yacht club during your voyage? We did the teppanyaki place and it was awesome. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was it was wonderful. Very high quality, great choices. Definitely would appeal to someone who's accustomed to the North American style of teppanyaki, even though it's Japanese food. But really good, really good experience. Okay. Did you do any like steakhouse or anything? No, we didn't do it on this one for some reason. I think we just ran out of time. Yeah, that happens. How about pizza? I mean, you're on a you're on an Italian cruise line and you gotta try their pizza, right? 
Yeah, so good. And they have an extensive pizza delivery menu Mm -hmm. that you can have delivered to your room. So we definitely enjoyed some pizzas, took advantage of it. You were carving out the whole week. It was excellent. Okay, so let's talk about the entertainment on this seven-night cruise. Yeah, this was a real treat. We were aware that they had a few Cirque shows on this ship. And so we made reservations to do both of them. There's uh, one show called Viaggio and one called Sonore, and they have different ambiances. So what we did is we picked one of them to attend as a dinner show where you have dinner in the venue, which is like a theater in the round. And then we picked one to go to just where you get the drink and a show. So those are basically your two options. You either go to dinner and a show or drink and a show. They were both absolutely amazing. Um, the, the interesting thing is we thought we were going to like the dinner and a show way better because we thought, Oh, it's, you know, you're going to be dining in there. It's going to be more of a premium experience. But the truth is you kind of get better seats when you do the drink and a show because the dining tables are more at the back of the venue. Whereas when you do the drink and a show, you're kind of up close to the stage and we really loved being up close to the stage. So those are excellent experiences. Um, one thing to note, about the entertainment, though, is even if you're in the yacht club or you have like a drinks package in whatever level you're on with MSC, at the time that we were sailing, and I don't know if this is still the case, your drink package um, doesn't work there. So you're if you're going to buy wine, you're going you're gonna to have an upcharge for that. Now, again, it might have changed, but that's how it was when we were on it. I'm trying to think the show we saw, I think, was called Sonar. Yes, that that's so the one good. that's more like the the audio concepts. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely amazing. The guy was kind of like it's hard to explain. They're not rapping or they're like, like recreating or yeah, like yeah. beatboxing. That's what it yeah. was. It was so cool. I liked both of them. Um, I think that looking back on it, they both had just totally different approaches, and and we thought they were both really cool. How about outside of the Cirque shows? Any like main theater shows or venues you cared for? Yeah, we caught one theater show, which was really fun. It's It was like nothing we'd ever really seen in the North American market. And I think it's oftentimes because they don't do a lot of speaking in their shows. But the, something happened that I've really never seen happen on a ship before. And people were standing up in the middle of the show and like clapping to the music. The little kids were sitting up. People were just having fun. They were, you know, they were, they were spectators, but they were also kind of involved and it it made you feel excited. And our son was standing up and clapping. It was really cool, but we only caught that one show because we were tuckered out at the end of Mm -hmm. every port day. Let me tell you. Yeah. How about the casino as, because you have to walk through the casino in order to go to the Cirque show. Um, As far as the smoke situation in and around the casino, what did you think? It was a little bit smoky, um, a little bit more so, I think, because we're over in Europe and it's smoking is just a little bit more commonplace, but nothing too, nothing too gnarly. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? Well, we could have used more of them. <laughs> we only had one sea <laughs> day on the seven-day cruise, and it was it was pretty uncrowded. We s- tried to do the, the popular things around the ship after port day. So, for example, instead of going to do the water park, and the um, the ropes course on the sea day, we did it in the afternoon of Genoa, and it was totally uncrowded and wonderful. So we kind of we kind of mellowed out on our sea day and didn't do a whole lot because we were burned out and trying to kind of get our you know get a little catch a breath before mm-hmm. our next port day. But it wasn't too crowded at all. It's a huge ship. I mean, just enormous amount of space. That is one thing that I would give um, a nod to MSC on the Maravilla is there there's so many pools and there's so many places to kind of hang out on a sea day that it never really 
Like you can always find a chair somewhere. Yeah, totally. You're right about the pools too. MSC does such a good job with having more pools and more areas for people to spread out. And the polar aqua park that's on the back of the ship is a really big kind of multi-level area with the water slides and the Himalayan rope course. And, and there's mm-hmm. like, you know how when the seating is kind of tiered, you feel separated out from yeah. people. It works great. And then there were people who would gravitate more towards the indoor LED dome, like the promenade area. I think it's called the Galleria Meravia. And, you know, there that completely separates people out. So just it never really felt crowded. And, of course, if you woke up early on this ship, you had the whole ship to yourself. It was mm-hmm. desolate because I think people sleep in a little yeah. bit more in Europe and at least on these cruises. I mean, I, we had a hard time waking up just because of the time change, but it was completely empty if you were up before eight or nine. Did any of y'all do like the F1 simulator or the helicopter on this one, we did that. My husband did the F1 simulator. I'm five foot zero, so it was uncomfortable for me to sit in it. I felt mm-hmm. like I was way low down, okay. <laughs> shorty over here. <laughs> and he said it was really cool. Um, we did a little bit more of that type of thing on Seaside, and we loved all of it. But on this one, again, it was like a, an issue of time. I don't know if you've noticed this or if you picked up on this, but that class of ship, I guess the Maravilla class, it looks like a lot of concepts were borrowed from Royal Caribbean's quantum class. Did you pick up on that at all? Like with the big long yeah. atrium in the back um, where the they did the kids cooking classes and all that was kind of like where Royal Caribbean has the bumper cars on their ship and then kind of the bar behind there. Uh, it's interesting how these cruise lines just borrow concepts from one to another. Yeah, for sure. Especially the Galleria Meravia is a really similar concept. It feels so similar to when you're walking through one of those ships, mm-hmm. even like a Harmony of the Seas type yeah. ship. It was it was really similar, even though the venues lining it were really different. The look and feel were super similar. When I got on that ship, I didn't think I was going to like it. I'm going to be honest with you, because I've I've never heard a lot of good things about MSC. And I had a couple of bad experiences 10 plus years ago. Um, but like from when I, from when I uh, being a normal cruise, you're not going to the fancy yacht club, uh, walking on board the ship right there on deck six. Like you walk into that atrium that's just mm-hmm. like a shopping mall, and then you have the ceiling that's lit and you know does different themes throughout the whole cruise, and that's just so cool to me. Yeah, it's really neat. All the performances and things. And it's really also, to me, it was remarkable how different the ship was from Seaside and Seaview too, because we had been, we had done Seaside more recently, totally different concept. This ship is faced, faces way more inward. The focus isn't so much on the outer decks, even though there's a ton to do on the outer decks. It really um, pushes a lot of the beauty of the ship inward. And it is, it's breathtakingly beautiful. And also the smell of chocolate too. Is oh amazing. my gosh. Yeah. Gosh. It's to die for. And it's in that really heavily trafficked area. Uh-huh. It's so open. Yeah. Uh, both of those ships um, love the chocolate it is, is to die for. So let's talk about the ports of call on this cruise. And what we'll do here is give us the port, give us a highlight and then just move to the next one. Got it. So we embarked in Chivitavecchia and honestly, my son fell asleep during the mustard drill. So we did nothing in Rome on either side. Full disclosure, that was kind of a bummer. We woke up the first day and we were in Palermo on the island of Sicily. And we booked all our own excursions on this one. So we had arranged for a street food tour. And we didn't have really high expectations for it. We thought, oh, this will be different. I don't know. We never really do food tours. Turned out to be one of the absolute highlights of our trip. We walked around with a guide who's from the area with a pretty small group, probably under, maybe under 12 people. 
and they literally take you to like local food stalls. And we were eating the most amazing things. We had arancina and we had cannoli and some flatbread and just unbelievable things. Um, they have some pretty crazy adventurous food too. Like they had a spleen sandwich, which is so, oh, the smell was gross, but we all gave it a taste, at least gave it a try. And it turned out to be just amazing. And you're walking through the streets. It was beautiful. You get to see the locals. You even popped into a bar and had some wine. Um, You had some granita. It was fantastic. Highly recommend it as a way to see Palermo for a first-timer. And then our next port was Valletta on the island nation of Malta, which totally blew us away. We had no idea what to expect of um, Malta. We had heard very little about it and it was absolutely gorgeous. We booked our own little thing for the day, which is a really popular thing to do over there. And it's to rent these golf carts with GPS navigation. (laughs) And so they have like this like big brother speaker in the golf cart telling Uh you where to go. Turn left (laughs) at this street, turn right. You've gone the wrong way. You need to turn around. It is so funny. So we took turns driving all around, hit all the spots. And then we stopped in this beautiful, harbor area and had beer and my son had hot chocolate and just soaked up the views and then kind of rushed back to the ship because we realized we were kind of, you know, cutting it a little close, but that Mm -hmm. is really good value. Excellent way to see Malta kind of on your own, but still you get the, you still get the tourist and the highlight, but without being on a tour bus, you know, you're like, you're in a golf cart. It's totally open air. The temperature changed four or five times throughout the day. We were wearing puffy jackets and then tank tops. And it was just, it was a great adventure. That was fun. And then, yeah, so good. And then we had a sea day to rest, which I don't even remember that sea day. I think we probably just slept the whole Mm -hmm. day (laughs) trying to regain some energy. These med cruises are crazy. Um, then our next port was Barcelona. It was sunny and gorgeous, but again, we had major weather variation, um, really cold in the morning and then sunny in the afternoon. And we had booked our own Segway tour. So we were really thankful that they let our son do it because a lot of times kids aren't Mm -hmm. allowed to do Segways, but they kind of tested him and made sure he was able to handle it. And then we went and took a tour to see Gaudi's um, most popular sites and finally ended up going to La Sagrada Familia, which my husband and I were really thrilled to see because we we lived in Spain in the early 90s while he was finishing his college year in Madrid. And so when we adventured to La Sagrada Familia, it was kind of unfinished. It's still very much a work in progress, but it was really, really cool to kind of um, see all the progress on that. So that was amazing. And our son loved having control of his own segue. And then the day after that was Marseille. And that was the only day when we had planned an excursion with MSC, but unfortunately they canceled it. I think they had low participation. We were supposed to go to X. I had actually heard you and um, Sherry talking about, yeah, doing that. And so because we didn't have a backup plan, we ended up just taking the cruise ship bus over to the port area down in Marseille. And it was beautiful. We just walked around, did some shopping, ate at a restaurant, and then um, headed back to the ship. So next time, definitely want to go to X and see the the town and enjoy that and check out Provence. And then our last one, um, the last day was Genoa. And we just did a hop on, hop off bus. And it was pretty cool. We didn't really hop off much. We were beat at that point and um, took lots of photographs and then just got back on the ship and enjoyed our last night. It's funny because you stopped at every country where a cruise ship has a flag of convenience. 
this ship is registered in Valletta, Malta. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. That's weird. I didn't think about that. You mentioned you went to Palermo, which is in Sicily. That's the home of the cannoli, right? I think it is. And yeah. it was exquisitely good. Yeah. So good. We had gelato and cannoli. And oh, my goodness sakes. And they don't scamp on the portions. Mm-hmm. I think that the tour was like maybe, maybe $30 a person. And we were stuffed by the middle of it. And now your journey comes to an end. You get back to Shivashivekia, which is the home port for Rome. How was Debark? Really smooth. They offered to escort you off. Um, you kind of just pop up to the concierge desk when you're ready to go, and someone will walk you off. Um, we were lucky enough to be walked off by our um, our butler. Uh, we had kind of a we had a butler's change in the middle, but the funny thing is they're husband and wife, and so we were close to them the whole time. So we got to say our goodbyes to them and reminisce, and they were so sweet. They they offered that if we ever come to Bali, that they'll show us around. It's just a that was really a special part of the whole yacht club experience is that bond you have with your butler so we said goodbye to them and then went and did um a post night at a hotel and really just kind of rested until we were ready to catch an early early flight the the day after so yeah any first time tips to offer and let's focus on the yacht club experience because we've covered maravilla a couple of times in prior shows and this is this was the hard thing for me about the yacht club. But really try to maximize the experience for what it is. You know, take advantage of having your own pool deck with a hot tub. Take advantage of the fact that you have your own restaurant dining out on that open deck and go out there and grab some food. Um, and you know, find out what your butler and your concierge can do for you. It's kind of surprising how much they can do, and you're really not putting them out by asking them to maybe change a show time for you. You know, reservation for Cirque. That's what they want to do. Um, to the point where if they heard us talking about something at the bar and they thought we needed help, they would literally walk over and say, Hey, I heard you talking about your Cirque show. Sounds like you have a conflict. Can we change? that for you. So they want to help you and it's good to maximize that. And you know, they, they don't look poorly upon you. Um, I think, gosh, it's hard because with the yacht club, there's just so much to it. I would say if you're going on MSC, price it out. Um, you might be surprised. It's, it's definitely less experience expensive. I'm sorry, than other, um, ship within a ship concepts. And you get a lot more included. I mean, you get drinks and so many different things that make it worth considering. But I would say, too, if you can't afford the Yacht Club or if it's too much, do check out the Aria experience, which is like Mm -hmm. the one underneath it, because it comes with a lot of complimentary drinks and also comes with spa access, which is a huge perk on these cruises. Yeah. And also the Aria experience has they have their own kind of deck as well. Yeah, they have like a little private area with a little private bar and a hot Mm -hmm. tub and things like that. Yeah. It's really nice. That's how we did Seaside. And we loved that experience. You're out, you're out in what the general population of the ship. (laughs) It's so weird to even say that. Um, But you do have some nice privileges and it's the prices are great. Don't make eye contact. Just keep walking. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) That's how we felt when you were being escorted into a show by your Uh, butler and there was a line (laughs) outside of a venue. Also, I know you mean just walking. You keep walking into the... Yeah, but I'm talking about when you're being escorted to stuff. It's almost it's a little uncomfortable if you're not used to it. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise? Malta, I think, was the thing that blew us away the most. It was something that we hadn't researched. And I think there's just something to be said for going into a port 
and not really knowing what you're getting yourself into. But we loved the history. We loved the architecture. We loved the people. It was just it was just a really cool surprise. I've been asking this question a lot, Sherry. And when it comes to the return to cruising, what are your thoughts on it? Like, are you one of the people that would get on a ship tomorrow? Are you waiting for a vaccine, letting things play out? Where do you stand on all this? We'll be one of the first people back on the ship, but we'll probably be more likely to try to do something out of a home port and maybe not fly Mm -hmm. just to kind of reduce exposure. I believe, though, that cruising will be safer than it ever, ever, ever has been after something like this. I think that's the way that unfortunately, these situations tend to work out. Um, we've, we've seen this before with the airline industry, unfortunately, with events that have happened where, you know, things became safer, things became better for the consumer. And I think that that will happen. Um, we certainly are cautious about the virus and we're not traveling right now at all. I mean, I've, I've done some in-state travel, but we are playing it really, really safe for now just to kind of to do our part, but we'll be the first to get back out there. And I know you will too, Doug. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super stoked. I- I'm curious, um, when you're like on the seaside or Maravilla, because you're you're a personality, like you're you're on hundreds of videos online, do people like ever walk up to you and like, oh my gosh, are you Sherry? Or I love your videos or like start randomly talking to you? Yeah, they do. It did it didn't happen as much in Europe. We only had like maybe two people recognize us, but probably usually like maybe four to five parties of people over a week will come mm-hmm. up and say something. But usually it's usually a kind of a funny, awkward exchange. Some yep. people will come up and say, are you are you that usually what they do is they stare uh-huh. a little bit for a while and then you see him again and they kind of stare again. And then they say something like, are you that YouTube lady? And they- <laughs> Or the other funny thing that happens is that they'll re- they'll hear me talking and they'll rec- they'll hear my voice before they see me and they'll like flip around and they'll go wait a minute it- <laughs> are you Sherry but it's actually really cool it's a it's fun it's a highlight and um, we're big huggers so we are always so excited when it happens give people huge hugs and mm-hmm. I can't I can't wait I don't care what people say about physical contact I'm gonna be hugging everybody when I get back on a cruise so <laughs> I can't it's- wait. It's funny because I have a face for radio, so you won't see me <laughs> online anywhere. Um, so I'll be in an elevator talking with a buddy, whoever I'm cruising with, and there will be someone who will turn around and whip their head around and look at me. And they're like, are you Doug Parker? And I was like, uh, who wants to know? They're like, you sound just like the guy who has a podcast. I'm like, yeah, that that's me. It's kind of... <laughs> It's happened a handful of times, but it's always funny because I guess it also makes you appreciate that, you know, for me, even if one person is just listening to the show, I'm thrilled and flattered. So I guess, you know, when it happens on a common occurrence, just by voice alone, you know, it makes you feel like you're doing something good. Yeah, it really does. Do you wear your, um, do you wear your cruise radio shirt, your logo shirts? It depends. So if I'm going out for a heavy night of drinking, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... (laughs) But if I, you know, if I'm just going to dinner, I'll put the polo on or the steakhouse or whatever. But if we're going to raise some hell, we're just going to throw a t-shirt on and jeans. It's so funny. Yeah. It's a classic. And I'm sure that people are always a little surprised. Like when they meet you, it's not always what they expect. Like when people see me, they, they'll often exclaim that I'm much shorter than they uh-huh. expected. Like, wow, you're real. They'll say, you are really, really short. And your husband is 
really tall. <laughs> it's so funny. But yeah, it's still, it's a total highlight for us. We love it. It just it reminds me of when we were together over in LA for the Carnival Panorama and we were sitting in that bar trying to have a cocktail and have a conversation and all these people kept coming up to you. I'm like, I am never going to be able to finish my thought because people keep interrupting our conversation saying, are you Sherry? But you were my celebrity that night, Doug. I was so excited to sit with you and hang out with you and Richard. We had so much fun. That was a fun night. But anyway, give me your final thoughts of MSC Maravilla. Uh, it's a gorgeous ship. It's a wonderful way to see the med and kind of true med style. Um, I love that you mentioned the LED dome, Doug, earlier, where you can like go and see different performances. They really do hold like performances and musical shows, for lack of a better word, in the Maravilla Galleria. So you don't want to miss that. Mm -hmm. That's probably a good tip. And don't miss the Cirque shows. Um, Those are just so they're so fantastic. And I think my last final thought is if you know, go easy on excursions, don't plan things super early in the morning and Don't burn yourself out like I did. (laughs) If you want to see any of Sherry's videos from MSC Maravilla, just look for the MSC Maravilla playlist on your YouTube channel. Is that correct, Sherry? Yeah, that's where they can find it. Lots of good stuff, even a food slideshow. Very good. Sherry, it was so good talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me back, Doug. Hang in there. We're going to be cruising again soon. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.